1: the up at his first offering, just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Oh it's my God, deep to right field, way up
0: there. going to the wavy man, I don't believe it, my, oh my. And look who's coming up, you have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice, this is it. Okay, play ball.
1: How's it going, everybody? Welcome into Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast. We are coming down the stretch. We are in the second week of August. We come to you every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season. Your host Brendan Glasheen with Action Network senior writer Sean Zorillo, Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. Uh, we've got a lot to get to on the show. We'll get to best bets momentarily. We figure out if we're going to fade the public or not. And uh, a lot of movement. We were just discussing before we went live here for the pod that there's a, a lot of movement on today's slate as it pertains to uh, money, where the money's going, uh, and the percentage of the bets, where all that's going. So that's fascinating. Um, getting back to a full slate of games. We'll figure out Sean and Collins' underdog pick of the day, and then we'll go to final bets. Again, we can't promise we touch on every game. There's 16 games today. Uh, the White Sox and Royals have a doubleheader. So let's begin, because there's a lot to get to.
0: Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here.
2: We'll start with Sean Zarillo. Best bet for this Tuesday, Sean. So we've talked about Alex Cobb quite a bit on this podcast and throughout this season. And there's some things worth reiterating about his profile fastball velocity at a career high, three miles an hour over his career average, two miles an hour relative to his previous career high, two starts back. He also threw the hardest pitch that he's ever thrown in his career. So hitting some peak skills there, strikeout minus walk rate, ground ball rate, both at career highs. And his underlying metrics are all at career best marks, 2.8 expected ERA, expected FIP, You compare that, you compare his BABIP, his strand rate to a pitcher like Joe Musgrove, and they're on opposite sides of the luck coin. Cobb, 324 batting average on balls in play, strand rate closer to 60%. His career average is around 295 and 71%, 72%. Musgrove rocking a three ERA this year, Cobb rocking a four ERA. As I said, Cobb's indicator is around 2.8. Musgrove's indicators around 3.4 Musgrove carrying a 265 batting average on balls in play 75% strain rate now obviously that factors in some defensive quality the Padres a better defensive team than the Giants in fact the Giants have been pretty bad defensively this year when they were a good defensive team last year so you can bake some of that in however who they are as pitchers Cobb has actually outperformed Musgrove this season. In my opinion, if you switch teams with these two pitchers, I think Cobb would be having the same season, if not a better season than what Musgrove is having. Advantage for the Padres bullpen, but with these two starting pitchers on the mound, me giving a slight lean to Cobb as the better pitcher, I would bet the Giants' first five line down to about plus 125 and their full game line down to roughly plus 140, given the difference in the starting pitchers and the two bullpens.
1: So true. Every time we do this show, I feel like you're talking about Cobb and that expected ERA or what his ERA should be, even though it's in the uh, the low fours now. But yes, even on the, I think it was last week when the Giants played the the Dodgers on national TV, it always gets brought up with him. All right, Colin Whitchurch, your best bet for this Tuesday.
3: Yeah, I'm going with a rare, somewhat strong favorite here just because I, I can never pass up an opportunity to fade Rich Hill. I'm betting the Braves today against the Red Sox. The Braves are a lot better against lefties, which, as we know, Rich Hill is a southpaw, 115 weighted runs created plus, fifth best in the majors compared to 104 against righties. This is Rich Hill's second start back from the IL, his first time out. Into the Astros last week, he only went three innings, gave up six hits, four earned runs. This is a bet on Charlie Morton, which makes me a little bit nervous. We saw it seemed like Morton's late career decline. Early this season, he's been a lot better of late since about the middle of June. He's got a 2.4 ERA, brought his season-long ERA down to 4.09, which is right in line with his peripherals. His XFIP's a little below it at 3.72. His XERA is a little above it at 4.14. But Boston is bad against right-handed pitching. 96 weighted runs created plus is below average, and they also have a negative run value against curveballs. And we know that Uncle Charlie's going to be bringing out the Uncle Charlie Early and often tonight against the Red Sox. Rich Hill has been one of my favorite pitchers to fade for the last couple of years. I hope he never retires. This is also probably one of our oldest starting pitching matchups of the season. Got a 40-something-year-old against the late 30s, Charlie Morton. But I like the Braves here. I like their first five innings, particularly minus 162. I also will be taking a stab at their team total over five, which is at about minus 125 right now.
1: Okay, very good. Yeah, the Red Sox are not very good at baseball right now. They're not. Um, and Charlie Morton, if my memory serves me right, he's had success against this Red Sox team in previous years when he was at Tampa. So he's got he's got that going for him too. Okay, very good. Let's move on to fade the public. We figure out by looking at the Great Action Network app. If you do not have a subscription, we highly encourage it. You can scroll in the app and you can see that uh, where all the money's coming in. So if you're someone who's like, oh, I don't want to side with everyone else, that's what fade the public is. And we figure out if Colin and Sean are in on fading the public. So, looking at today's loaded slate, 94% of the bets and then 96% of the actual money coming in on the Cardinals over the Rockies. Now, the Rockies on the money line are just plus 145. So, this isn't like a drastic swing here in terms of what the prices are. Colin Whitchurch, we'll start with you. Are you going to fade the public today? Yeah, this game is a pass for me.
3: Miles Michaelis is someone who I've looked to fade often. He's still sitting with a two nine two ERA, but his expected stats are a lot worse than that. So I've been betting against him, waiting for him to come back down to earth. It hasn't happened yet. If I'm going to bet against Michaelis and against the Cardinals against a bad pitcher like Feltner. I would want a lot better number than we're seeing right now. So this is a stay away spot
1: for me. Okay. How about you, Zarillo? Because I know sometimes you're like, oh, fading the public. That sounds good.
2: Yeah, I just need a slightly better price here to bet the Rockies. And the number is actually moving away for me. It was plus 155 is the best available number. When I woke up this morning, it's since moved down to about plus 145, plus 150, which is closer to where I'd have it projected. I wanted a plus 160 in order to play it. I projected this around plus 145 on the nose. So was waiting for a plus 160. It may still get there, may move the other way. I do need to dive back into my projections and just make sure that I didn't miss anything in terms of adjustments. But was waiting for a plus 160 on Colorado. And you could see that they're the sharp side, even with all that money and ticket percentage coming in on St. Louis. Clearly, they have some liability on the Rockies if the line is moving the other way. And they are one of the streakiest teams in baseball right now in terms
1: of streaky. I mean, winning streaks. They've won seven straight. Uh, Dodgers have won eight in a row, but the Cardinals, they are rolling coming off a nice weekend against the Yankees. Moving on to underdogs of the day. It sort of fits under the same umbrella. Where's my dog?
0: Uh-huh. My dogs.
1: Where's my dog? Colin, you're going to go to a team that Zarillo already talked about.
3: Yeah. Zarillo and I are together on the Giants. He said everything that needs to be said about Alex Cobb. I did want to mention, it's kind of funny. I feel like, Alex Cobb is is 100% this year's Eduardo Rodriguez. I remember last year we were in like this second to last week of the season we were talking about waiting for positive regression on Eduardo Rodriguez. I went back and looked. He finished last year with a 4.74 ERA, 3 4 7 X ERA and a 3 4 3 X FIP. So at some point you just have to wonder if these guys are just going to be unlucky for the entire season. I know that the sample sizes get bigger and you're, you're waiting for that regression, but sometimes it doesn't come, but I'm still expecting it to come with Alex Cobb. As real mentioned, 408 ERA, 279 XERA and a 281 fit He's just the unluckiest pitcher in baseball this year, 324 Babbitt allowed. It's just been absurd. And when I see this number, and him being as big of an underdog as he is against Musgrove, who, as Arillo mentioned again, has been on the opposite end of the spectrum, has been a lot luckier this year. I've got to bet Cobb. And it's it's funny, too, because we're talking about the San Diego offense. Added Juan Soto, right. added Josh Bell, and they've just been absolutely miserable. They got embarrassed against the Dodgers over the weekend. Shut out again last night in the opener of this series. I was on the Padres last night, one nothing. Defeat, I think it was, um, but yeah, uh, the Giants plus one fifty-five. I think you can find as as of this recording. I love that down to probably one forty-five,
0: one forty. 140. The best way to learn a language: immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply.
2: I think the first three consecutive scoreless innings for the Padres offense.
0: I think the first
1: thing Colin said, too, is like just the way his season has gone. Tonight would be the night where the Padres offense just wakes up. But you got to play. It's a good price. It's a good price to get the Giants. How about you, Zerillo,
2: for an underdog of the day? Yeah, I'm going to take the Texas Rangers here. Kind of the opposite of Alex Cobb with Martin Perez, because he is a regression candidate. 3.2 expected ERA, 3.6 expected FIP. I believe his ERA is actually a little bit lower. His batting average on balls in play under 300. Strand rate closer to 80%. Career averages on those, 3.10 and 70%. So he does have those luck categories, which should move the other way, but he's also doing some things differently this season. It's not just same old Martin Perez, and he happens to be getting lucky in 2022. He's throwing his sinker as much as he did during his first stint in Texas. He's bumped his changeup usage to a career high. His managers talked about the confidence level and how he feels like he's hit a new stage of his career. So I think Perez, there is some confidence level in the results that he's put up this year, even though he does have room to slide a bit back towards his career averages. I think this is the best version of Martin Perez that there's ever been. So going against Jose Arquidi, whose expected indicators are in the mid fours. I like Arquidi quite a bit, has some good stuff. But the expected indicators, the difference in the underlying stats between these two pitchers are more than three quarters of a run in Perez's favor. So I do like Texas on the first five line to plus one thirty slight bullpen advantage for Houston. So I wouldn't play the full game line past plus one fifty two. But definitely that first five innings line all the way down to plus one thirty, I think, is a solid bet.
1: Always before we go, we get the final bets from both the guys. And again, if you uh, if you may miss one, of course, you can scroll back on the podcast and, and tune in and, and figure out, you know, just mark your spot and hear what they have to say. But also they log all of their picks uh, on the Action Network app. So that's always a great uh, resource as well um, when you're watching the games later on. If you're looking at not just Sean and Colin, but our entire baseball crew, which... I think we may have said this last week, but it's it's slowly dis- disintegrating because we're moving into other sports. Um, but Colin and Sean are on top of baseball. They're not going anywhere it's because of this podcast especially, but they love their baseball. So have no fear if you're a baseball person, even though like other stuff's happening you now in the month of August. Okay. Anyway, final bets from Colin, then we'll go to Zerillo.
3: Yeah, first play I won't spend too much time on. Reds, Mets is just too high of a number for me to pass up. Reds plus 270. Mike Miner has been terrible this season, but lefties are the worst split for the Mets. It'll be a small bet, but it's one of those numbers that's just too good to pass up. I like the Reds plus 270 against Carlos Carrasco and the Mets. I'm going to throw a couple of totals at you as well. First with Cubs Nationals, one of the uglier matchups that we're going to see the rest of the season. The Cubs are sitting around 30 games under 500 and we're still minus 200 favorites against the nationals last night. That just shows you how bad Washington is post deadline winds blowing in at Wrigley today, a little bit about seven miles an hour in from center. I think the books are overvaluing that wind factor a little bit with Marcus Stroman against Paulo Espino. Stroman's ground ball rate is below 50% for the first time in his career. Spino's is down to 35%. These are two bad starting pitchers. These are two bad bullpens. If you look at the bullpen numbers, the Cubs actually grayed out favorably, but they traded David Robertson. They traded Michael Givens. They traded Scott F. Ross. So their bullpen is basically Rowan Wick and, and a bunch of question marks. Washington obviously is a AAA lineup at this point. The total sitting at seven and a half, I think just because of that wind, that seven mile an hour wind isn't enough to dissuade me from betting an over. So I like over seven and a half Stroman and Espino, two bad starting pitchers, two bad bullpens, all lines up for an over. Another over I'm taking is a completely different matchup and a completely different pitching matchup Yankees Mariners. We get a rematch of Garrett Cole against Luis Castillo and his first home start with the Mariners they faced last week. Garrett Cole allowed three home runs. Mariners won seven to three. I looked at his home road splits. These are things that I don't often lean too heavily on when handicapping because the sample sizes are relatively small. But my assumption going in was that Cole had allowed a lot more home runs at home at Yankee Stadium than on the road. That's actually not the case. He's allowed one more home run at home, but in 60 more plate appearances. 10 home runs and 232 on the road, 11 home runs and 293 at home. So his long ball problem is not just confined to Yankee Stadium, which is a homer heavy park. I think the Mariners offense can get to him again tonight and Castillo actually looked sharp early on against the Yankees last time out, but they did ding him late in that start. This total sitting at 7, which is insane to me. The 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 big alleyways in in Seattle, there obviously it's not as home run favorable of a park as Yankee Stadium. But at seven, I like the over. That's an auto bet for me.
1: Yeah, Garrett Cole allows a lot of home runs at Fenway Park, too. Um, <laughs> to, to, to Rafi Devers more specifically. But, yes. Uh, okay, and, that's, and I'm looking forward to that rematch again. Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, like you said, first start for Castillo at home with Seattle. Uh, Zerillo, you have a little overlap with, uh, with Colin. Reds, Mets, what's your angle there?
2: Yeah, the Reds small down to plus 240, not going to be a bigger bet for me just because I don't think they'll win the game. But based on the value in the number, I do have to bet the Reds here small, as I said, down to plus 240. It's just a bit overinflated. And you can assume that going in that teams like the Reds, teams like the Nationals are going to be undervalued slightly against top teams like the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves, etc., I also like the under in that matchup, the under eight and a half down to minus minus one oh four, projected closer to 8.3. And Colin mentioned the total in the Wrigley field game. I am with him on the over there as well. Normally to get to a total like seven and a half at Wrigley, you'd need the wind to be adjusting this total down by about 10%. Looking at my park factor adjustment for today, it's about 3% below your average day at Wrigley field. So that wind blowing in is not as significant as the total adjustment might suggest, I still think this total should be closer to eight. So the over seven and a half in Wrigley up to minus 108. The other games I'm taking a look at, Miami, one of my favorite underdogs on the board today, major ticket splits in their favor. If you want to get into the fade, the public action, they were certainly a side that you can consider for that as well. But down to plus 183 here with Braxton Garrett, as though the Miami Marlins need more pitching depth. Braxton Garrett has been phenomenal of late and this season. Former top seven pick, 342 expected ERA, expected FIP even lower, closer to three. 34 innings last season. This year, he's tripled his strikeout minus walk rate. He's gained velocity on all of his pitches. Not a big velo guy, but he still has bumped his velocity on all of them. Throwing different pitches too. Fewer foreseen fastballs, more sinkers, more sliders. Actually throwing his slider more than any other pitch he's using at 35% of the time. I like what I've seen a lot from Braxton Garrett. I think this line is too wide. The first five line, too wide a little bit too, considering that a plus 190, but the full game line down to plus 183 is certainly a bet for me. The over seven and a half is of interest as well, up to minus 117. I know that doesn't really make sense considering I like Garrett. I like Wheeler. Wouldn't think I'd like the over, but with two good pitchers, sometimes you do find value there. The Twins down to plus 176 against the Dodgers. We love Joe Ryan on this podcast. I also like the first five under. Four and a half to minus 115 with two good starting pitchers going. The Jays and the Orioles betting a first five favorite here with Alec Manoa gets Kyle Bradish. I do love Bradish. He's been much better of late. Just think the line is a little bit short on the Manoa side. Also, the over eight and a half in that matchup. Good hitting weather in Baltimore today, about 10% above the average run environment for that park. Wind blowing out pretty significantly. I know they, they have a crazy wall on left field, but. Still some good hitting weather there. So over eight and a half in Jays Orioles and Toronto first five money line. Another first five favorite, the Angels up to minus 185 with Shohei Ohtani. The biggest benefit to getting Shohei Ohtani on the mound is that, you know, he's going to hit for the Angels as well. Was not in the lineup yesterday. The line moved against the Angels. Fortunately for my A's bets, they won one nothing. But with Ohtani back in the lineup on the mound, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Number one and strikeout minus walk rate amongst all pitchers. Otani up to minus 185, first five. Stay away from that Angels bullpen. It's terrible. And then two other underdogs. I know Colin is going against the Red Sox. If you're going to bet the Red Sox, bet them for the full game, not the first five innings. You could wait to bet them live after Rich Hill maybe exits with a one-run deficit or a tied game. But Boston down to plus 134 for the full game. And then Detroit down to plus 163 for the full game against the Guardians. Those are two projection-based plays. Do not love them necessarily. Don't love backing Richel. Do not love backing Tyler Alexander. But based on the projections, going against the starters they're going against, slight value in both of those underdogs.
3: I just got to say, I love that. Where else can you find a baseball betting podcast where you can say both of us can say bet the reds. I don't expect them to win today, but bet the reds.
2: <laughs> you know, if we do it a 100 times and I say that they're going to win, let's see, uh oh, I know. 31% of the time and we're getting odds closer to like 27 28%. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's just what we're trying to do here. It's what we're trying to do throughout the course of the season. If we get the same spot, I know it's different teams, different pitchers, but if we get the same spot With a 31% win expectancy and we keep betting it closer to like 27, 28%. We should eventually come out ahead. This has not been the year for underdogs though. Underdogs still losing at a historically bad rate. So unfortunate that we have to keep betting teams like this, but that is how we're going to have to play it until something dramatically changes.
1: Taking in this sport is real too. I mean, that like just hearing Colin go through the names that the Cubs gave up with the deadline and there's still minus 200 against the nationals. Like that is, that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. A great example. Okay, very good. By the way, I looked it up quick. Charlie Morton, 7-1 in his career against Boston in 12 starts. So I, my hunch was right. So we'll see. That dumpster fire of a team. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. We're back on Friday uh, to get you set for another day in baseball. That'll do it for this Tuesday episode of Payoff Pitch. For Sean Zarello, Colin Whitechurch, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Best of luck today, and we will catch you next time.
0: Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. Watch to leave.